You are listening to the Faith Church Podcast. Learn more about our church at faithinchandler.com. The chorus of the classic song, actually the best-selling, most popular Christmas song uh, for the last 70 years, is White Christmas. And the chorus of that song says, May your days be merry and bright. And for believers, this should be an especially merry and bright time of year. All around us, people are celebrating the birth of our Savior. When you walk into the shopping malls, when you walk into the wasteland that is retail during this month, there will be Christmas songs playing, speaking of our Savior being born in a manger, speaking of the angels heralding the songs that we just sang. Some of them will be playing in the store, and that's not normally the kind of music that's playing in the store, right? And so here is a time that more than any other time of year, our culture will be lining up with us, celebrating what it is that we're celebrating. And we are blessed as followers of Jesus and believers in what he has done for us to have a unique, clear perspective on what this is really all about, what the reason for this season is. And for this reason, our theme for December will be merry and bright. And my prayer is that we as a church can, can celebrate together and individually the, the message of Christmas, the significance of Christmas, and our hearts will be merry. And that also we will be bright witnesses to our friends and family and neighbors of why this, this moment, this occasion, this season, this month is so special. This Christmas, let's celebrate with merry hearts and be bright witnesses to our friends, our neighbors, and our children. Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, I want you to know that these, these next couple of weeks are moments that your, your, your kids are always watching. And they're always recording, but they're recording, especially in these moments. These are moments that they will look back in Christmases in the future. They will look back at these moments. So let me encourage you to make use of that, to point them constantly to the meaning of Christmas, to read the Christmas story from Scripture, to celebrate with great gusto. We should be excited at this time of year and let our children and grandchildren see that in us. Today we're going to start off by talking about having merry hearts and the benefit of having a merry heart. Proverbs 7:22 tells us, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. In Proverbs 17, we have several pieces, nuggets of wisdom and they go from one topic to the next. But here we have a little bit of a theme on friendship that occurs in Proverbs 17 and 18. Because Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. If you look over at Proverbs 18, the final verse of that chapter says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And skip over five chapters to Proverbs 25 and verse 20, we see another, another proverb on 
friendship that I want us to try to temper this passage with. You see, Proverbs gives us a, a view of the truth and a view of reality, but it's not simplistic. It's, it's layered, it's dense, it's substantive. And so while Proverbs 17.22 tells us that a merry heart doeth good, Proverbs 25.20 tells us there's a time that a merry heart maybe needs to keep its distance. Proverbs 25.20 says, As he that taketh away a garment in cold weather, and as vinegar upon the nitro, or a drink, or a soda, somebody pouring vinegar in your drink, so is he that singeth songs to a heavy heart. Elsewhere, the Proverbs tell us that he who sings a blessing to his neighbor early in the morning will be seen as someone giving a curse. In other words, even if it's a blessing, if you're too early in the morning, before he's had his coffee, he will not take it as a blessing. Don't go caroling on your neighbor's doorstep at 5 a.m. Even if you are singing Christmas songs, they will not appreciate it. And so there is a, there's a benefit to a merry heart, but there are also times and places that they are appropriate and times and places that maybe they aren't as fitting. The idea being here that we can't just say to someone, cheer up, snap out of it, get over your grief, just decide you're not going to be depressed anymore. That doesn't work. It doesn't happen that way. You can't just simply decide to be happy or to snap out of your depression, or simply decide, I'm going to have joy. Your heart, your spirit have to be shaped into it. And when our heart and our spirit is shaped into a merry heart, a joyful spirit, it brings great benefit, but it's not something that we can snap our fingers. You can't force people to be merry and bright by saying Merry Christmas to them. You can't force them to have fun. I learned this quite quickly quite clearly when I was leading the youth group for a few years and I would always try to start off our youth group time with a game and sometimes the teenagers would come in and they didn't feel like playing a game and you know you can't force a teenager to have fun you can't you really can't force anybody to have fun you can't force anybody to be in the Christmas spirit you can't force anybody to be joyful so a merry heart is something that's beneficial but we can't force it upon anybody and if you're here this morning and you find yourself in a period of grief, you find yourself in a period of, of, of sadness, don't hear my message this morning as me saying, just get over it. Just decide you're going to be happy because I know that that's not how it works. That's not how it happens. Our theme, Merry and Bright, comes from the, the best-selling Christmas song, White Christmas. And there are several reasons that it might be the best-selling Christmas songs. One of it is it's very easy. It's a very simple song. Most Christmas songs are hard and they're difficult to sing. White Christmas has very few words. It's very simple. But another reason might be that the time that White Christmas came out was just two weeks after the attack on Pearl Harbor. And it was a very moving time in our nation. Bing Crosby, when he would go over after World War II had gotten started just a couple of years later. He would go over and he would perform USO shows for the troops to encourage them at Christmas time. And he would not include White Christmas in the act because it's such a nostalgic song and he didn't want to leave all of the troops sad. He said, I didn't travel all this way to depress our troops. But even though he didn't include it in the act, as he would go into his act before he could leave the stage, they would demand, they would yell, they would shout for him to sing White Christmas because they wanted to be reminded of home. 
They wanted to be reminded of their friends and family celebrating together back home. They wanted to long for those days when things are merry and bright. And it may be that today you are finding yourself far from those that you love. You might find yourself in your own personal war as those troops did. And, and I don't talk about being merry and having a merry heart today to tell you to snap out of it, but I, I want you to know that even if you're in that place, it might be good, if you can't have it now, to, to look toward that day and to long for that day when you can be merry and bright. It's interesting that when Luke gives us his account of Jesus' birth in Luke chapter 2, we read the details of there being no room in the inn and Jesus being born in the stable and placed in the manger. And then the angels go and tell the shepherds and the night sky is lit up. And the shepherds come and they find the baby and, and all these wonderful things happen that, that the end of that, the conclusion of Luke telling us about all that's happened, he says, and Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, I'm sure that at the end of that day, that day of all days that she had just had, it might not have been easy to be merry in that moment. Merry in the sense of joyful. It might not have been easy to say, all these wonderful things are happening. She's just given birth to her child in a stable. He is in a manger. This is not how she pictured or planned any of this to go. But looking back at it later, she was able to treasure these moments in her heart. There were moments that, even though things had not gone according to plan, she could treasure them. And it may be that even if you're having a Christmas that won't match up to the others that you've had, that will be a difficult one, that there will be still moments that you can treasure, that you can hold on to. This proverb I want us to focus on is telling us that a heart, merry heart is a good thing. In fact, that it is like good medicine. And if you've ever been sick and you've finally relented and gone to the doctor because you're not getting well and you get that prescription for that medicine and it makes all the difference, you get that antibiotic and it knocks out the cold that you've had or it takes care of the infection, you know how beneficial good medicine can be. And this passage is telling us that a merry heart is like good medicine that can have that kind of impact. But because of our world today and the way that medicine is in our culture today, I'm afraid that we might have a skewed idea. Because for many of us, medicine is something that we take on a daily basis, and we think that we'll probably be taking it for the rest of our lives. Because it's not a medicine that cures a condition or a disease. It is a medicine that alleviates symptoms. It gets our numbers where they need to be for today, and we'll need to take it again tomorrow and the next day. This passage is not telling us that a merry heart is like medicine that makes today easier. Rather, the word here is a healing or a cure. It's a medicine that makes a difference, that reverses the condition, that puts the broken bone back into place. It is a medicine that brings about healing. And the medicine of Scripture and the truth of God's Word is not something that just alleviates our symptoms 
for today. There is, there is a mode of it like that. There is a bit of it that is, helps us get through this day, that gives us this day our daily bread. But what God offers us through His Son, what He offered us at Christmas, was not something to help us get through this season, but rather to change our lives, to bring cure and healing to our broken hearts, to our sin-filled spirits. Medicine of Scripture does not merely mitigate our symptoms, rather it brings healing. So this passage says that a merry heart does good, like a medicine that brings about a cure. So what is this merry heart that makes a difference? If a merry heart makes a difference, if it has an impact, how do we have it? What is it? Well, really, it's a, it's a cheerful disposition. It's a joyful attitude. It's enjoying life. It's having fun. It's not always being down in the dumps. Do you remember the stories of Christopher Robin, his hundred-acre wood and all the characters that live there? Now, there's an urban legend that's um, kind of popular that when the author of Christopher Robinson's, Christopher Robin's stories wrote the book, that all of the characters were to display some different mental disorder. You know, Tigger's ADHD, and Eeyore is depression and anxiety. Piglet is paranoia. Pooh is impulsivity. And the author didn't do that on purpose. She didn't write the stories to give each mental illness a character, but rather what she did is she wrote the characters in extremes, and in contrast, so in contrast to Eeyore's pessimism, we have Tigger. And Tigger is optimistic about everything, right? I mean, Tigger's almost annoying. Some of you probably love Tigger. Some of you, maybe you grew to hate Tigger. You're more of an Eeyore person, right? I mean, do you remember how Tigger's song that he always sings about himself starts? He says, the wonderful thing about Tiggers is Tiggers are a wonderful thing. That's his attitude, right? Somebody asked Tigger to do something in one of the stories. He says, sure, that's what Tiggers do best. Everything is what Tiggers do best. Optimistic about everything. But on the other side, we have Eeyore, right? Eeyore, are you well? Wish I could say yes, but I can't. Good morning, Eeyore, at one point Piglet says. If it is a good morning, which I doubt... The story where Eeyore has the red balloon attached to his tail. Sure is a cheerful color. Guess I'll have to get used to it. <laughs> a merry heart is a general disposition towards happiness. But it's not being Tigger. But it's not being Eeyore either. And if we're honest, most of us fall into one of these two camps. Everything is sunshine and rainbows or everything is storm clouds and disaster. People who have a merry heart aren't always laughing, but they sure do laugh more than people who have a broken spirit. J. Vernon McGee said about this passage, he said, God wants his people to have a big time. We should laugh and rejoice and praise God when we come together at church. We are simply too stilted and stiff in our churches. I remember when I was a kid in Nashville, uh, the church that we attended in Nashville was, was near a Bible college. And so, uh, for whatever reason, our, our church seemed to be the church that people would attend if they had come to Bible college later in life. If they were 
married and had kids. Most of the campus students that lived on campus stayed at home. Uh, but if they'd come to college later in life, they would end up at our church, Woodbine Church there. And I remember one Sunday night, they let one of those students preach. And he, his name was Dwayne. He was, he was married, had two kids that were hilarious. And he was from Canada. And, and Dwayne was just different. He was funny. And when he got up and preached that night, I don't know that I've ever laughed so much in church in my entire life. I mean, I was like seven or eight years old, and I just, he was funny the whole time. And I remember thinking as a kid, they'll never let him do this again. Because <laughs> this is not the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be very serious. But in the message, I remember he says, you know, we Baptists have a problem of walking into church stiff as a board. People of God should be people who have merry hearts. A pastor friend of mine, not too long ago, he got an email saying, this is the, what the email told him, you're just too happy all the time on Facebook. A man of God should be serious-minded and recognize they're hurting people all around him. Almost like, hey, if you're going to really be a Christian, you can't have fun. If you're really going to be a man of God, you can't laugh. You can't enjoy life. That is not the way that we should be characterized. Baptists should not have a, a monopoly on being sticks in the mud. That's, that's not what we're called to be. Justin Daly is a church planner in Florida. Somebody was giving them a hard time about the way that their church does things. And he said this in response. We make it fun to go to church, so it's hard to go to hell. We make it fun to go to church, so it's hard to go to hell. You know why this is an appropriate message for today? Because in a couple of hours, I'm going to be walking through the streets of Boonville wearing a, 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 a suit that this year has Christmas lights in it. <laughs> and we're going to, all of our people in the parade are going to be wearing our church sunglasses, and we have, we have fabricated a large pair of sunglasses big enough to fit on the front of the church van, like the church van is wearing sunglasses. And I got to speak to some pastors a couple of years ago, and I was showing them some of the things that we have done, whether it be our, our dino night or our Star Wars night or the Christmas parades that we've been in. And afterwards, the guy said to me, you know what I think? I think you guys have way too much fun. And I was like, you're exactly right. We have fun. I remember coming home from the Christmas parade last year and looking at Nicole and go, that was just so much fun. We ought to be people who enjoy life, who have a good time. If anyone should be excited about Christmas, it should not be the people who are so pumped that Santa is coming. It should be the people that are so excited that Jesus came, that he arrived. It should be us. And the truth is, and I know that I'm painting with a very broad brush, the truth is that some of the unhappiest and most depressing people I have ever met have been in church. That's not how it should be. And, and Scripture calls us to mourn with those who mourn and weep with those who weep. And we should obey that passage. But the truth is, if I'm going to obey that passage, I'm going to have to weep with some of you every Sunday. And I understand that things happen that bring great sadness. There, things happen that make life hard and difficult. And that's not what this passage is saying. It's not saying that you can never be sad. It's not saying that you can ever grieve. We absolutely should grieve. But that if that is the way that we always are, there is something that is fundamentally wrong. Eeyore was depressed no matter what happened. 
kind of Eeyore's signature story in the Christopher Robin stories is the story where he loses his tail. And they finally find his tail, and at the end of it, they put his tail back on. Winnie the Pooh asks Eeyore, Eeyore, are you finally happy? He's finally got the thing that he's been looking for all along. And what does Eeyore say? No, but I do like this tail. There will be times of sadness and moments of grief, and we should feel those together and mourn together. Yesterday, I got to speak at Main Street Baptist in Boonville, where Taylor's Funeral Home had their, um, they, they did a service for every family that, that they've served this year that we wanted to come, and they read the name of every person that passed away. That was a very serious and sober moment as all of those names were read. By the way, it was, just for me personally, it was incredibly powerful to sit and listen to all the names that have, of people that have gone on into eternity just in our community, just through one, the service of one funeral home. And man, I was reminded, we have such an important job to do here in this community. There are so many people that go and meet the Lord every year. We have got to make it hard to go to hell in this community but in that moment, it was only appropriate to grieve with those people. Yeah. And so for those that have lost loved ones this year, we have grieved with them because that is appropriate and it is right. And a merry heart can grieve and experience sadness and sorrow. But a merry heart is not characterized by sadness and sorrow. I was reminded of Martin Luther this past week. You know, Martin Luther was a miserable monk. He became a monk because a thunderstorm terrified him. He was convinced that he was going to be struck by lightning, and he said, God, I'll go into service. Please don't kill me. And he, he, he spent those years as a monk miserable because he was convinced that he was a rotten, no-good sinner. And so he would constantly go to his priest because he believed that was the only way to receive absolution for his sins. He would constantly go to his priest to confess. And the priest finally said to him, listen, I can't do this all day. If you're going to keep coming to confession, you need to actually go do something worth confessing. But Martin Luther wanted to come to him and tell him about everything, every little thought, every time he thought about maybe saying something mean to someone. Because he was terrified, he was miserable, he was afraid he was going to go to see God as a sinner and be vanquished to eternity. Then Martin Luther was asked to, to teach Romans in a class, and he began to study Romans. And when he came to the book of Romans and he understood that through faith he was justified, that through faith it was as though he had never sinned, it changed everything for Martin Luther. And he went from being a miserable monk who was constantly worried and constantly confessing that his life changed so drastically that he married a nun, he left the church, began to write on the, the true meaning of the gospel, became known for his incredible sarcastic wit, and enjoyed life. He was incredibly faithful, and he had resolve, and he stood against heretics, and he, he, he walked into to meetings where he didn't know if they were going to allow him to live. He was very faithful, but he was also filled with joy. 
And we do not have to be sad to be serious about the things of God. And because Martin Luther experienced the grace of Jesus, it became the basis and foundation for a dedicated, serious, but joyful life. And the key to having a merry heart is the grace of Jesus Christ. When we experience His grace and His forgiveness, we're able to have joy in all circumstances, even when things are not well, when things are not good. And that's what Paul was speaking about in Philippians when he said, whether I live or I die, it's Christ. It's Christ. Whether things are good or bad in 2018, Christ came. He came. And when we experience His grace, it will shape our hearts to be merry. And that is a very good thing. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer.